Coaches, how are you? Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. This is episode number 67 with Coach Michael Cano. Michael is a certified strength and conditioning coach and holds a bachelor's degree in exercise science from Illinois State University. Michael is a Chicago native and has coached a variety of athletes in a wide range of disciplines across the country. While working as a sports performance coach to college athletes, he has been an integral part of both individual and team successes. His athletes include over 35 NFL players, five MLB draft picks, and numerous All-Americans, some even appearing in Pro Bowls and the MLB All-Star Game. Conference championships, bowl games, and a national championship appearance are some of his final mem finest memories as a coach. He has worked with the highest caliber of athletes in the most competitive programs. Michael's now the co-founder of 180 Athletics, an online sports performance company, where his goal is to coach coaches and parents on how to win the kids through strength and conditioning. Coaches, you're going to get a lot out of this interview with Michael. I think, um, you know, I know I have a lot of basketball coaches and so forth, and I wanted to expand your knowledge a little bit with Coach Michael Caney of 180 Athletics. I think all of us are battling uh, most of our kids are, are playing different sports, competitive sports. When do we get them in the weight room? When do we condition? It's a battle that all of us have, particularly coaches like myself who uh, are at small schools. So Michael's going to share you the programs that he utilizes and he teaches. It's completely an online system where you can just download the program. Everything's organized for you, and the videos are right there for your own usage. Uh, so let's welcome Coach Michael Kano. Welcome, Coach. Hello. Hey, Coach. How are you? Doing great, Kev. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing fabulous, man. Thanks for taking the time out. I know. I know you're a busy guy. Oh no, no, not a problem. I told my. I got an assistant next to me. I told him to. Uh, I just told him to keep it down and not laugh at anything. But he'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, I just want to tell you, I've, I've been uh, actually studying a lot of your materials. I actually ordered, I'm trying to get in shape myself, man. I just ordered your, uh, your uh, lean and mean program and um, starting to take a look at it. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, it's going to start off with it, it kind of just like a lot of our products. It's, you know, uh, throughout coaching for the past, what, 14 years now, Every offseason, uh, a coach would come up to us, hey, give me a quick 20 or 30-minute workout, and we'd write something down for them. And then I had a lot of clients also asking the same question, and then one thing led to another, and I put together just, you know, 30 to 40-minute workouts that are uh, more than anything, and it's kind of the same as our athletes, to be honest with you. The programs are different, but we need a lot of the same things. We, we need to be able – we want to be able to move still, even though we're getting older. So, so we superset a lot of different, I call them filler exercises with our strength movements to one, you know, the best bang for your buck, but two, a lot of things that you guys are, you, you see the average Joe not doing at the gym. They're not going to be doing the world's greatest stretch or some type of, you know, pigeon stretch or some type of lat stretch in between their exercises. So instead of them staying there staring at the TV uh, or just dwindling on their phone, we try to just to ramp up the tempo that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as coaches, sometimes we, uh, 
we talk the game, but don't actually get into the game. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, I think we owe our players the right to be in shape. Don't you think? I think more than anything, it goes back to what I've been telling myself. Honestly, this is kind of my mantra nowadays is just like earning the title of with, the, with myself, with my stage in life. I'm, you know, I'm a new uh, husband of, for two years now. I'm a new father and then I'm a coach. Those are like the three main things in my life. And with, for, for myself as, you know, uh, I, in my journey, training, weightlifting, uh, really set the foundation for all three of those things. And if I'm not seeking strain, if I'm not getting uncomfortable with my life, I, uh, I can't be the husband, I can't be the father and I can't be the coach that I want to be. So it's critical that uh, I'm a, you know, I personally am attacking my training. I'm in strain during training. And I promise you like everything that I've ever, every speech I ever gave and I've given thousands of them now to my athletes every single time I've spoken, I've thought about, and I visualized those words during my own training, if that makes sense. Yeah, it sure does. You got to live it. I mean, right. I mean, you got, and I, I tell you what I love about, and we'll, we'll talk, you'll talk a little bit more about your philosophy and so forth, but um, I love how you equate the physical toughness. It's probably more important to develop the mental toughness in athletes, right? It's more than anything. It's, if, if you were to ask me like what my, what, what I would I leave for an athlete and one, if they saw me and a person who's trained with me, a person who I've earned their respect and that's where I start square one. And well, I don't want to get off your question going into philosophy, but I want to create real true self-belief within yourself through overcoming difficult tasks, right? Like, of course, we're going to do plyometrics and strength training, but there's got to be some part of that training segment that, you know, is it a minute wall sit? Is it a finisher that in their mind, they're like, you know what? I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could push through. And that's where, as a coach, I believe you leave a legacy and you leave that impact because you're that guy in their ear saying you got more inside you keep pushing, keep fighting, keep fighting. And then day after day, that becomes a week, that becomes a month. And hopefully three to four years as you're a part of their journey, they are completely transformed into, uh, you know, a champion in life inside the weight room on the quarter field. And most importantly in life as a man or a woman. Yeah. I mean, those are great. Those are great qualities to have that we can teach probably the best quality we can teach, right. Is overcoming adversity. I mean, it's an everyday thing, right. As, yeah. as a business owner, uh, coach, I can't even tell you how many small fires I put out daily, but, <laughs> and I, I honestly, I literally just had this conversation with the team that I coach. Um, last week, we, I'm, I try to be as aware as possible and see myself in their situation. So they were on, they just are ending camp. They already had four weeks and we're lifting after practice. Not only are we lifting after practice, but the coach had them play softball after practice as like a celebration. And then they got to train with me. And they know it's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, I call it candy land or we're sitting down, we're yawning. Yeah, we're going to have a good time, but we're training and we're, we're there for a purpose. So I, I knew it from the beginning. Once I got in there, I told them about reframing and how as a, you know, as a father and husband, I have to reframe different things so I could. And typically it's around my wife or my child after when I clock off, I have to be the best version of myself for them. For these athletes, I have to say, guys, you got to reframe right now. I know you were freaking playing games, 
But now we got to focus on the why of why we're here and the intent of why we're here, which is to be the best, to be a champion. And if you think playing softball, there's a time and a place for it, it's going to beat, and I name our rivals. I'm not going to speak of them. Uh, it, you know that's not true. So we got to flip that switch right now. And that's kind of how I, you know, use adversity or use the reframing method because it's nonstop. A flat tire for uh, most people is going to cause a lot of issues, but for a champion and a winner, they got all, they got the state farm number ready and they're 30 minutes early. So that flat, flat tire ain't going to stop them. If that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, that's one thing I got out of uh, just kind of reading all your materials, which I think is great. Coach, tell me a little bit. Um, you are my first strength coach on my podcast. So congratulations. <laughs> uh, we're so excited. And of course, you're probably saying, Coach, I'm not a strength coach. You are a performance coach. How would you describe yourself? And tell me a little bit about how you got to this point in your career. I can. I'm glad you. I'm glad you texted me. I was still rambling. <laughs> but it actually, I, I think sometimes it actually just clicks off at the, you know, this particular time. But I don't think. Um, I think I did. You hear my question at all about the um, how to kind of you got started and what do you classify yourself as? More of a strength coach or a performance coach? And kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. How you got involved into performance training gotcha you know in regards to training I mean it's really has to go back from uh, my dad's always been a coach he he took me and I was his first son so everywhere we went I was always there with him and I wasn't like by far if you if you I'm not gifted in any way when it comes to height when it comes to strength and I I believe I uh, that's probably my uh, the greatest gift I have is uh, I've had to earn everything in regards to training, in regards to uh, earning an internship where I went to Texas A&M then earned that respect there and then got a job at Southeastern Louisiana to SMU, which led me to Mississippi State and then led me to, you know, uh, this online sports performance business. Now, if I were to classify as a sports performance coach, I at uh, least all of my mentors were definitely more of almost a life coach than anything else, man. I, uh, we want to teach kids how to be champions on and off the field. Yes. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're heavily focused in performance, but I'm telling you the people who leave an impact, the bosses who have impacted me forever, the coaches who have impacted me forever are the ones who had my back when things were tough uh, in life. Right. And that's the biggest thing I try to focus on is, I'm extremely demanding on my kids and I try never to be demeaning um, and to always have their back during difficult situations. Now, with that being said, 
there's a, a huge process that I'm skipping with athletes if I don't have that conversation of how I earn their respect. And in order to earn their trust, I have to earn their respect first. And that goes, you know, a big time in depth into my philosophy, which we'll get into later. Yeah. And, and kind of tell me a little bit about, um, <laughs> kind of sounds like me, you know, I'm, um, kind of a grind out. It sounds like you just kind of grinded it out. You had to do a little bit extra to kind of prove yourself and so forth. And particularly in your field where there's so many coaches now, it's so big now, isn't it? The strength and hey. performance, it, it, it just seems like everybody's doing it. What separates, you know what? what separates you guys? Uh, what I would say uh, to be honest, it's who you are. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I don't like to repeat things that a lot of people say all the time, but it, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. I still remember wiping down benches at AM. When I was there as an intern, I delivered pizzas. I worked the door and I had, you know, to be there at 515 and no one was going to do it better than me. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, a lot of these people, a lot, uh, you know, they, they had an edge on me because they played college sports. I did not. I partied, to be straight up honest with you, unfortunately. I, I had a great time in college. <laughs> but I was always that competitive athlete um, based on, you know, my upbringing. Like, I was always the captain of my football teams uh, forever since, like, 50. hello hey coach uh, hey hey keep going on. i love what you were saying you're talking about being the captain of your football team kind of continue on uh kind of the why the why you're coaching um and what what was the initial question what I'm sorry, I guess. yeah no no problem at all we're kind of talking about um you know kind of what you've been a performance coach and so forth for a long period of time and Gotcha, uh, gotcha, gotcha. And, and kind of explain a little bit about um, kind of the why you coach. Um, why you train. To be honest, the, the why behind the coaching is if you're as a coach, and I kind of as I finally started getting locked into what I'm really looking for as a coach, and it's more of a feeling, and it gives you goosebumps, and it gives you chills, and it's all about other people's success. And it's not going to be, I'm extremely, I've been very fortunate. I won a lot of games. I've, I've been a part of great teams. That being said, what gives me chills isn't a state championship, isn't winning the Gator Bowl, isn't winning different uh, divisions. It's literally a handshake at the end of the season, a look in a, in a player's eyes, knowing that you had an impact on their lives and how grateful they are. And that same extent, I, you know, I let the team, the only team that I coach now in person, we are in the state championship game this year and at the field, I, uh, you know, before we were going out, we did our little quick feed drills that we do in a tunnel. We did this in a tunnel at the state championship game. And 
the feeling that I got during those quick feet drills, you cannot pay for. You have to earn that feeling through sweat, through a day to day. And what I mean by that is with all 60 to 70 kids doing those drills, they were so spot on. They were so locked in. It was a feeling that I earned that gave me chills and I could visualize it to this day. And that's more so the why that I coach is because is I'm still chasing that competitiveness. I'm still chasing, but more than anything, it's knowing that I'm doing right by these kids. I'm having a large impact. And anytime I, t- and I try to tell these kids more often, and sometimes I forget, they always have a, they always give me more than I give them. And they really need to hear that more often from me. Um, when I, and when I'm done coaching them, I always feel, I, not, I can't say always, most of the time I feel better about myself and uh, the gift of their trust and earning their respect pushes me every day. Yeah. And, and can we, cause I, 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 basketball coach and I'm a PE teacher mm-hmm. with K five students. I got a, I got the best job in the world, Mike. Uh, I work with the little ones, but we can't classify. It sounds like to me, you're not going to be classified as just a performance coach. You have multiple titles, don't you? Yeah. And there's never, I think that is just the cusp. Like that's the people, what the people don't understand that when you, when you're, when you're coming up the ranks, it's usually because you like training, you like lifting it. it well, one, it changed my life. I was a short, fat kid, unathletic, right? <laughs> so I had to learn, learn how to train. I had to learn how to change my body, and it changed who I am as a man and the way that I view myself. So with that being said, uh, I know how much of an impact this have on kids. So it's extremely empowering. And I think we, as you, as you mentioned yourself, being a K-5 teacher – I think you understand how valuable it is to treat every kid the same and demand because it's those kids that you don't even realize you're impacting that you'll get a message or a letter from. I get every year and it blows my mind. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that kid is. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball, and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in. Sounds great, Mike. Uh, yeah, I just switched off yeah. from the wireless, so we should be good to go, hopefully. Should be good. Yeah, it's just a little thing with Anchor sometimes. Um, but uh, we're we're a small-time operation, though. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I completely understand, brother. Um, but thanks again for being patient. Um, hey, let, let's start talking about your philosophy, because I want to um, – I see you guys. You guys promo a lot. I see it on Facebook. see it on Twitter. Uh, you guys really a lot on Facebook. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Give me your philosophy on how you can take 
how you can help a coach like me, I'm a girls basketball coach and my kids play three sports a year. Most of my kids, two or three sports. Mm-hmm. Give me a philosophy and how can I utilize your program on 180 athletics? So this is a great question and it's a never ending battle with these multi-sport athletes, but it's having a program in place that's going to give you two days a week and a three day option, right? That's going to, that you're training to not only, you know, maximize, uh, they're going to say maximize performance, but in the long term, help prevent injuries of these athletes. Because when they're not training, we are literally doing them injustice, right? We're setting them up for massive failure when it comes, okay, so we're going to train hard during the summer. And then uh, once the season hits, a ton of basketball coaches do this. They don't train at all. Mm-hmm. So it's putting a program in place. And it, the, the best thing that we do for you guys is giving you a step-by-step plan with how-to videos so you can pl- completely understand how to implement the program. And it'll give you the sets, reps, exercises, videos, so you can comprehend it and actually teach it, right? Like that's so critical and so key. And I, the best way I could explain it is when my wife was – my wife's a uh, – a fifth grade teacher and she was she got tasked with coaching basketball literally i'm (laughs) clueless i have no idea i literally type in google i'm doing what my customers do for my sports performance like how to coach basketball is the way i google right (laughs) so i download the uh, you know i i obviously have the warm-ups down and i remember some basic drills but i need help so i google how to do this and then it says a step-by-step plan oh awesome I learned a step-by-step. Do they got videos explaining each drill? Awesome. Nice. Sets, reps. And what's the why behind it? And I think that's so critical that we teach you so you can keep teach your players. And that's, uh, you know, when you're trying to create that we aspect, it's critical that these players know that you're doing everything in your task to give them the very best. And that's what we really try to pride ourselves on. Yeah. And you guys are uh, basically our consultants, right? So we can contact you at any time. How does that work? And that's, you know, that's a great example. And um, don't tell my wife this because it was Sunday and I got off the phone with another women's basketball coach slash athletic director because she was (laughs) yelling at me for putting a little too much work in. But uh, you're exactly right. And that's I want to be as hands on as we can. And I tell my my customers this and the coaches this, the coaches who are my biggest pains in the butt are the best coaches. Literally, they'll blow up me email and my hiring the different programs that we have. We have platinum and champions program. Well, they'll have my cell phone number and we're nonstop communication. Uh, A great, a great example is this week with, uh, you know, during 4th of July week, when we're filming this, I have some teams training two days a week. I have some teams training three days a week. I have some teams that are uh, currently practicing. So their training, just like we mentioned before is drastically different than the teams who are just lifting and doing off season slash summer performance training. Yeah. And, well, where I think I've, I contacted you before, I thought a lot of our kids uh, will take – we have a strength coach this year. We've actually hired one, uh, awesome. which, is, which is great, to be honest. But he's a great guy. Um, but I still like to do my in-season. And, you, and I, I think I, uh, you sent me some information back. How, what would you recommend for an in-season workout, maybe pre- or post-practice, for a basketball season that we go for like three and a half months and – we could go longer, hopefully. Give me, give mm-hmm. me some ideas. I mean, you're going to train minimum two times a week to three times a week. 
depending on uh, the schedule. And obviously you have to have a plan that you're peaking for when it counts, which is what during conference play and during the playoffs. So if you're not still seeking straying during that time, you're not going to be getting better. What we typically do is we progress in our main lifts, which will have hand clean squat, some type of, uh, some type of pull from the ground, whether it's a clean pull deadlift, and we have to find ways to put the strain on the body but it's got to be safe. So what I mean by that is these workouts are almost cut in half. So you're there 30 to 35 minutes, you're getting your main lifts and then you're supersetting different fillers, whether it be single leg movements or, you know, your world's greatest stretch to make sure that you're keeping that flexibility in that movement. And that's what I really pride myself on. And we do as a company is we are consistently moving and working and it's just like practice. And that's if, if you see the feedback we get from our coaches, they'll consistently talk about tempo. We're never standing around in the weight room. Never, ever, ever. We're always moving. We're moving with purpose. There's a plan in place and there's a, the intent behind it. And the intent is to peak for playoffs. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, sometimes um, you know, we have been the weakest and the most fatigued at the end of the year. And that, that just sent a message to me that, well, we got to really step it up as far as strength training goes, right? Absolutely. And, it, and but that doesn't, uh, the intent, I believe, is always there from the coaches. It's just that you, okay, here's what happens, right? You're at hour two and a half of practice and you're like, I'm not a practice of just being together as a group. And then you're like, oh, shoot, should we go in there? And then you don't have a plan in place. So it's like, ah, oh, let's just cut it short, right? But sure. in actuality, you're just cutting, you're, you're not putting in the work and you're not putting in the investment that you know the people that you are competing against are. And then when you get to that level, when they are putting in the work, are you putting in the very best work? And that's where we come in. And to be honest with you, the reason why I believe we're the best is because we're the most hands-on. If you send me an email or you give me a call, you send me a text, I guarantee within a day I get back to you. And if it's for some reason I don't get back to you within a day, it's usually family-related, and I'll give you a call back if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, and that's all we ask of coaches because, uh, of course, we all know as coaches, I mean, our, you know, our time, is, time is money, man, because we're constantly on the move. Hey, tell me about the difference between you, – do you train females different than you do males? You know, the, the verbiage will be different, but absolutely not. I was very blessed when I got to Texas A&M my first mentor was, uh, was a uh, female, was a woman, and she was a stud, 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 stud coach from the highest degree. She's extremely highly regarded in our profession, and uh, she earns that every day by the way that she coaches and the way that she does research. So, no, we train, the, we train females exactly the same. Tell you how many times I had to send that email out bulky. You, you won't get bulky from doing squats and heavy RDLs. It's, it's a never ending uh, battle that goes on with their, within their minds. And you can't, and I'm completely aware of that. Like it, the, the main thing that I've learned as a business owner and as a coach is uh, how do you inform the right way? I, I always want to, it's the same way when I'm buying something or purchasing another program, how are you going to teach, te not inform me and teach me why, the why behind it, right? So I'm going to show you the why behind the females are, you know, can train exactly like the males based on scientific research and through my four, 14 years of hands-on results. Yes. Now, 
from what I've been told over the years, obviously the females with the hips and the knees, I know a lot of female basketball players that are going down with ACLs. We should start including some prevention for that, right? Is that part of your program too? Of course. And it's just properly, it's, it's spending the time to properly progress them, right? If any of your athletes are hopping on boxes week one, they didn't progress into that. Like that's step, that's like step three of plyometrics. And that's the biggest, and that's the reason that we have, honestly, why we have a great business is because we're here to teach and explain the why behind the training and how to properly progress these kids. And they don't, it typically, if you're watching and you know this through who you're not only teaching, but coaching is you can, you know exactly who can't tie their shoes, let alone hop on a box. And yet you have the <laughs> same demand for each individual, right? So when you're finally able to explain the why behind it, okay, week one through four, we're snapping down. Then we're going to vertical jump and land with a pause. Then we're going to single leg jump and land on two feet. Then the next week you're going to finally jump off, you know, two and on one. Awesome. Now how do we do this? And we change directions. Very cool. Now we're going to progress where we're single leg bounding and changing directions. All right, let's start jumping and moving. Now let's start jumping on a box. And there's got to be a progression that makes sense that prevents those injuries. And that's where, you know, our programs come in. You have to look at it from the strength aspect too. master the body weight. Can they do the push up the right way? Can they do basic body weight squats? Can they do body weight hold? Can they lunge hold? And all those things are, you know, what lights me on fire and making sure that we can provide to you, the coach, and then you provide it to the athlete. So I guess the hardest part, hardest part for me as a coach is every athlete's different. So like in my team, I have some really beginning level players and I have some really advanced players. Isn't that the same thing in, in, in the strength training too, right? We can't just have everybody go at the same pace or do we? And that's kind of why you have it. I almost call it like a degression. And with our programs is, okay, if we're supposed to back squat today, those athletes back and let's be honest let's be completely honest about it those athletes who can back squat they're most likely your big time players anyways and they have to be getting better right right yeah so you have for okay they can't break parallel on the back and a goblet squat okay you guys can't goblet squat yet you have to do it with a plate okay you can't do it with the plate you literally on a box with a pause so that's kind of the progressions that we teach and we have all these different things videoed out so the coach has a chance right i could do that in, in a second when i see it boom you go here you go here you got to go here but our value is that we video out so you can teach that so and you do have um so the video, the video progression is there for the coaches, right? Just kind of try, kind of promo your your materials. So Absolutely. if they got and it, they can, they can go. Yeah, they can go right to the video to check it out, right? And they can click on any. All of our stuff is hyperlinked. With, but that being said, and just like every is going to have different needs logistically, time wise, how many assistants they have with them. So, like I said, the best coaches they blow me up via email to say, Coach, we're having trouble with our squat progression. What should we do? Uh, and that's uh, literally, here's the video that explains step-by-step step how we do it. Now, tell me about, I really, what I thought was cool, you, you have some different types of workouts. You got your speed training, you got your plyos, you got your metabolic training. Um, you even have your core workout. Your, I read about your camp crusher mm -hmm. workout, which I want to know a little bit more. 
that's a lot of stuff, right? Now, how do we kind of integrate all those workouts? And, and tell me about each one, but how do we integrate all that well, that's into kind of, a... That's kind of yeah. why, our, why we created the Elite Program. The Elite Program that we have is all-encompassing. And you could just have that program and it would satisfy all needs. But we realized as a company, we have a lot of sports performance coaches who don't want or they want to improve on certain aspects, right? Or they just want to increase on speed. They feel real comfortable in the weight room. So they don't want the elite program. And you have a lot of individual parents who uh, they don't have logistically weight rooms to use, right? But they still want to increase speed. So a lot of these programs were built off of requests. And then from, from actually taking a step back in the last four years, we're 99%, 98% of my clients of coaches are high school coaches. Guess what? They, I noticed a ton of their athletes have no idea how to run, uh, you know, a 40 yard dash or how to run the five, 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 10, five. And I, I know this is a basketball podcast, but how to do those different camp showcase drills properly. So that's what we dove deep, deep into and gave those options uh, for the coaches to really fulfill those needs. Yeah. And give me, give me some sample, like for a coach listening, he says, I, I like the program. Give me a sample of maybe of a speed training, just one per speed training, drill progression, plyometric. Uh, tell me also about your metabolic training. I was trying to, kind of look into that a little bit. Give me a little, give me a little sample of each one, Mike, if you could. So, I mean, your basic speed training, you're going to talk into your feet quickness, right? You've got to improve your stride length and your stride frequency. A lot, majority of the stride length is going to be improved in the weight room, right? Based upon you able to put more force into the ground and move at a greater distance. And then your stride frequency are a different like a skip, a march type of drills where you got to learn how to move your feet as fast as possible. All right. Then uh, your basic plyometric is I kind of went on a rant on it earlier. You're learning how to jump with your body weight and land on two feet in a power position. And everything we teach in the weight room is about power position. Where are we going to be? Where are we most explosive so we could jump higher, so we can move quicker? And it's the same thing if you're guarding someone, where are they typically at? Right. They're bent at the knees, kind of hinged over shoulders or over the knees just like our power position when we're doing a hand clean or some type of explosive Olympic movement. Um, and then what was the third option? Oh, a metabolic. So if you're, metabolic, you're looking yeah. for a, you know, we incorporate some type of, when I think of metabolic, just say for basketball, you want to try to one mimic something on the court if you're doing some type of conditioning. So you have your basic suicides where you're going hard typically for you want to mimic the length of a play or between whistles. Right. And then you give, you know, a, a variable of rest time to try to mimic the gameplay. And then you would do certain amount of reps. So say you do five reps of that, whether it be in typical basketball drills that you guys are implementing, that's your suicides, that's your uh, half court and back type of drills. But what we do in the weight room is we call them, you know, finishers. Well, we'll have, you know, anywhere between a minute to two minutes of nonstop movements. And a basic example of that would be, okay, we're going to do over and back feet quicks for 30 seconds. Then we're going to do alternating lunges for 30 seconds. Then we're going to do another feet quick variation, say scissors. And then we're going to do body weight squats. So you're extremely fatigued, but you're extremely fatigued in a safe way. You don't have weight on your back. You're not doing burpees to hurt, you know, uh, your shoulder and pack. You're doing safe drills. And now we start to test your mind during that metabolic rate. As you're aware, your heart rate starts going through the roof. Then it becomes to why I coach. You asked it before. 
what is the story that you're telling yourself in your mind, right? Are you saying, I got this, I'm meant for this, or Draymond Green style is, you know, we ain't all cut the same. In my perception, that's what he means by that. When things get hard, when it's difficult, which we're trying to mimic in, you know, conditioning or finisher type drills, he ain't cut the same. He goes harder. He has another level that he's able to tap into. So as a coach, I believe that these are extremely necessary for championship type, type teams. Look at who won the NCAA championship, Virginia. They should have lost all three freaking games, right? <laughs> like you're talking about sure. Blue. They were down, you know, the client hits a free throw. Then they're down by yeah. four and the game's over. They still found a way to tie it, right? Yeah. And then you should've go lost to Auburn, Harvard. right? They should have lost there. <laughs> and then they should have lost the yeah. tag. So you're yeah. trying to mimic situations like that. As me, as a strength coach, as a sports performance coach, I'm thinking about different things like that all the time. And you use those as reference points, right? You, there's no way. I, I can't tell you how many times I watch games and sports, and I'm literally making notes of reference points in my phone. Points that will make sense to my kids. Trust me, when I'm at, you know, in front of my football guys or I'm in front of my basketball guys or baseball, those, those reference points change, right? They need to hear that I'm talking about Virginia basketball if I'm coaching basketball. And the same thing with football. They need to be – I need to have my reference points locked in so they could literally visualize themselves in those situations. Yeah, and I guess it's specificity, right? I mean, you um, – but what, what do you do, though, if – a kid goes from one sport to your next, you change the training mode at each level. And you know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's where my, my question I there's have a, is, or is it just more basic. general? It's, it's always going to start off general. If some guy says that he has the, ba- the best basketball specific program. And let me be honest. I have a, we have a basketball specific training program that majority of it is that there's different conditioning drills to make it easier for you guys, right? It's court specific conditioning, court specific agility drills. Cause we know you're on the, on the court. It's a no brainer right. for us to make that adjustment to provide that value for you guys and girls. Um, but in regards to, especially at your level at the youth and elite level, I'm sorry, youth and high school, they need a basic strength block that before anything, they're not, you know, Kawhi Leonard and uh, LeBron James right now in any way. Uh, majority of the kids that I see, 70 or, you know, 70% of your team have a difficult, top, difficult time performing a perfect back squat with a bar on their back. And then they're going to have to do, you're going to have to push, you're going to have to pull, you're going to have to do some type of explosive movement. And then you've got to have to learn, you know, uh, you know, unilateral and bilateral lunges. Those are so crucial. And you brought up the ACL injury. Well, show me your team and show me how they lunge forward, how they lunge back, and then how they lateral lunge. And typically, I could be like, well, these guys do not have the flexibility or the strength to do anything more or more advanced or some type of basketball-specific, you know, uh, movement, if that makes sense. Yeah, and we teach constant stance and footwork all the time, and I'm not sure if it's getting better. Now, we have a good little team, but – um, when the old coach can get lower than the players, you know we got a problem. <laughs> but we our are, kids, the, yeah. the stance, the stance is is tough, right, Mike? It's to, to get kids in an athletic stance to me is tougher than what people think. I I can't tell you how many I, we do nonstop flexibility and mobility training every day before the workout. I'm telling you, twice a week we we spend four to five minutes doing our lower body hip mobility work. 
um, ankle, knee, and hip with our world's greatest rotation, and then our upper body mobility work also when you're grabbing different rebounds. And you're not only preventing injury, you're hitting exactly what you're talking about. And then what's cool when you dive deep into our programs, when you're actually looking at the strength workout, say if you have a squat, if you're doing some type of strength work, you're always going to be doing some type of mobility work with it to make sure you perform that exercise better. So if you're doing a squat, you're going to be doing some type of world's greatest stretch, some type of rocking groin to make sure you're hitting proper depth and getting better at that drill or exercise. And you, now you start adding up days and days and days of that. Trust me, no coach should be moving better than than these than these high school athletes. Yeah, I mean, I got to make sure I get that from you. I'll I'll be in contact big time with you because uh, I feel like um, just the ability to change directions off a of stance, be able to girl changes. They she changes directions. We got to be able to boom, you know, swing step, boom, and cut her off. Sprint, whatever it takes. And we're still working on that. That's a big challenge. So I need those, I need those drills, right? Those and mobility you gotta, drills. you gotta, yes, you gotta absolutely. Cause it, without that, those mobility and feet quickness, there's no reason to go into the agility process that we have in place. We have our basic agility, say, you know, uh, you're running the free throw line and back, right? Right foot over, you're sprinting back. Then you have your execution agility, where we'll set up cones and where I'm yelling out certain numbers. So you have four cones set up and I go 23, 23. And you got to sprint to the second cone, come back, touch the line, sprint to the third cone, and next guy up, and I'll change that order. One, four, one, four. Because they have to understand and start performing under stress. And then the third step is you, you set it up in a competitive arena, right? So they're start, right, they right. start competing, and you're doing different drills. So now their heart rate's through the roof, and no one wants to get beat by their teammate, right? And that's, you know, especially in a game of basketball, we have a ton of different reaction drills that you mentioned that they have to be not only on the whistle, but you could go off your teammate, different mirror drills that we imitate. And that's where people get kind of confused. Every sport, typically, right, whether it's volleyball, football, ba uh, basketball, is, and baseball is a game of reaction, right, with these different agility drills. So that's where a lot of those things carry over. Tell me this, though, is – is it all about technique or, I mean, because I know when we work on technique and then we make it competitive technique is almost thrown out the door, but the best competitive competitors win. Now, are you talking about in agility drills? Correct. Yeah. Just in the, just in the agility drills that we do. And so I, I have some old school Allen Stein drills and so forth that gotcha. we do. Um, and uh, we go to the technique first. And then when you, when you start putting the, the competitive side, the competitors win, not the technique guys. Tell me about that. Well, that's, well, that's kind of you're, you're looking for the ultimate athlete then. So once you hit great, a uh, great point is now when you, when you combine, when that athlete goes to the next level and they see that equal across from them, it's going to be who put in the most time to dial in the technique, right? If you put up two people, if me and you go against each other and run it on five, 10, five drill, and we have equal, uh, you know, equal, equal ability, I should crush you because I've run that drill over and over and over and over again. Yeah. The person's right. going to win based upon his, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of the biggest truth sometimes in life and in training, there's going to be people who win championships, but they don't feel anything. And what I mean by that is, uh, because you put in, they didn't have to work for anything. There are literally NBA and NFL players right now who don't have to work very hard, but they're at the highest level.
Then there's also guys who work their tail off all day and night. Who's that guy uh, for the, who always plays for the Lakers, and he's been uh, in the D-League for like 14 years, and these last two uh, years he, they called him up for the last five games, right? Yeah. Guys, like, guys like that, right, who worked their, their entire lives for this one opportunity. When he stepped on that court, the rush, the feel that he got, was unbelievable, right? Probably, but for the uh, uh, that who's I I always bring up uh, the Dwight Howard effect. I believe yeah, yeah. you know Dwight Howard, a guy. Oh, let's eat some McDonald's right before the game. I don't need to train hard. I don't need. That's why him and Kobe Bryant couldn't stand each other, right? An ultimate. There's there's your example. There's your great example of the drills and the question that you had. Okay, what if two people of equal talent when they face off against each other, what happens? Well, the person who put the most work in to master the skill is always going to whoop them. So I would say that your athlete just hasn't met the skill demand yet. Uh, once he, I apologize. Once he meets up with someone who has the same skill set as him, same athletic, athletic ability, then the person who puts in the most work to master the technique is going to whoop them. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody better than you, right? There's so, always someone better. I mean, so you just got to face that, but you got to work your tail off to compete as hard as you can because that's a life skill, right? Uh, here, I'll give you a quick story. And I knew it was coming. And you can tell I like to ramble and talk. When I was at, was I, when I was at Mississippi State, um, Coach Mullen would always set the coaches up to compete tug of war against each other. Players would go Love nuts. It. So there'd be 110 people, athletic trainers, everybody going crazy, right? I knew that me and Steiner, who's now a strength coach at Notre Dame, were going to face off. We were similar age, similar size. And Steiner's an animal, like MMA fighter. He's bigger, stronger than me, everything. But, I, you know, I knew it was coming. One of the, they finally blow the whistle. Let's go, Kano Steiner. Everyone's going nuts. Pick a side. Whoever side loses, you know, you got to do, uh, you know, up, down. I think it was like 20 to 40 up. I can't remember exactly it. Okay. So everyone's going crazy. They blow the whistle. Bah! You know, I'm going nuts. I'm giving my best, my best. He's dragging me. I'm fighting back. He's dragging me. I'm fighting back. He's dragging me. I'm fighting back. I lose. I lose. I lose in front of everybody. I throw the rope down. I'm pissed. But I knew, <laughs> I knew in my heart I gave my best, my very best, right. right? There was no – that day there was no beating him because he was more gifted than me. He's stronger than me, etc. But the way I'm built, the way I believe champions are built is, okay, I'm going to get you. I'll get you. I'll get you. And this, that was freaking six years ago now. And I still remember it. And I'll still – you know what I mean? It's a nonstop evolution of giving your very best and finding a way because we're, I'm chasing a feeling. I'm not chasing uh, titles. I'm not chasing this. I know if you put in the work, uh, in the end, it's, it's kind of what, what I'll say to, what I say to my kids, and it almost came true. I tell the, the team that I coach, I'm on year four now, right? Last year was the first three years, and they went to the state championship. I told them many a times, I go, guys, the only thing, the reason I'm here not the only reason, but one of the main reasons is I'm going to watch you guys win a state championship and I'm going to be standing on the sidelines and my dad's next to me and I'm going to say, this is awesome. And I'm going to watch the celebrations on your faces. That's it. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want nothing else. I just want to see you guys joy. But in my heart, I know that they've worked for it. They've earned it. They put in the sweat. You can't fake those things. They've accounted each other. They love each other. All the little details that truly matter. Once I'm aware of that and know that's my intent, everything changes, right? 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I, it's funny that you say that because, um, you know, we're, our, our program was built from scratch as well. But what we try to tell the girls is you never know if you're out working these other teams, they might have more talent, but you never know. They might not come ready to play. And all it takes is that one game, right, Mike? That one game where your work ethic overcomes talent. And, that, and that's kind of – and that's why you see a lot of the times – coaches will say, and you hate to say it, but you need to get your butt whipped every once in a while, right? Because it refocuses yeah. you and it gives you that edge back. Because sometimes, and you, that's what you're kind of you're hinting at, is you, every once in a while, when you're kind of going things at the same pace, you lose that edge. And that's our job as coaches, right? That's why right. we have right. to be unrelenting. And our guys, you know, they love us, but they know when they flip those lights on or they flick, you know, for the court or the field, we're going to demand the best out of them. So we're consistently improving. And I think that's the biggest thing I learned from my mentors, man. When I was playing in high school, no one ever talked about being the best. No one ever talked about being a champion. I had to travel the country to hear those things and not only hear it, but see how they practiced every day, see what they demanded every day. And, uh, you know, to have that from my, my, one of the biggest impacts you find my dad, coach Bayless, who's now the head strength coach at Notre Dame. Um, he was a savage, absolute savage when it came to the day-to-day demand on himself first and then me or his staff. And that trickled down to the players. And that's why you see these great programs and these legendary coaches because they have such a high demand on themselves that it just carries over to the assistants. And that's what is called culture, right? And that is, you know, uh, what, I'm, what I'm seeking. So I could create a culture that all of our programs provide so much value and it's just a, a world of positivity. Yeah, I love it, man. I, hey, I'm fired up right now, Mike. Man, you got to you got to control me, man. I love it. I'm ready. I'm ready to get in the gym right now. Hey, tell me what what you're saying though is you got to show up, right? The key to success, you got to show up every day, right? I, I mean, but we're skipping a lot of steps, and I'll explain it really quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for basketball, or I'll try to explain it quick. For basketball, right now, if I'm talking to you as a coach. And I would say, okay, have you met with your kids and set your off-season goals, okay, on what you want them to improve on and wrote down in the weight room, you want them to improve this much, you want them to be at this weight. And then on top of that, have you, have, how, have, have you got to know them? Like, who's the most impactful person in your life? Ask that question to that player. And that's where we, we establish step one is I'm getting to know this person. I know what they want. I know their triggers. Why? Because I'm going to press that dang trigger, man. Every player is different as we are aware, but what are you doing to treat those players different? I have to find those weaknesses and those weak points. And that's what I'm establishing square one with. And I talk to coaches nonstop. Oh, yeah, yeah, we kind of, we didn't do that. That's square one. Square two then is you're having a team meeting and you're setting that vision and those goals and those hopes for that team. Every team is different. Every team, team last year that lost in the state championship, completely different to this team coming back. You know what's motivating this team? They're 0-9 against the rivals, freshman and sophomore year, junior year. I love that. I love the ability to know that our training, our training, the way that we do things is the reason why we're going to whoop them this year. Like, that's the way I got to look at it. It's why I wake up every day. That's why, you know, I, I get after it. So that's the second meeting, right? You're setting that team vision. I am so sick and tired of coaches having oh here's our team vision no this is your vision man this is your standards i understand that and you should have program standards that you hold but have you asked your players what is your vision of this season your team leaders have you asked them that 
right? Have you written it down? Those are the things that I'm dying for as a coach. Give me that. Give me that. You know how many times I mentioned 0-9 this year during training? Hundreds, hundreds of times I've mentioned that, that pain point when they're losing their edge. When they're, I mentioned the moment when we had a lift after practice, after they played softball and they lost their focus. I said, oh, yeah, 0-9. Every team that you throw out there against you guys are more talented than you. That's freshman and sophomore year. Freshman and sophomore year is an example of talent. You don't need great coaches. Here, go play. Right? Go play. So that's the second phase that fire, as you can tell, it gets me fired up creating this culture. <laughs> and, sure. and that everyone is skipping at the high school level. But that's where, that's the edge that I'm getting, that I'm writing down. I know a player uh, is living with his grandma and doesn't have rides, and I have to find a ride for that player. I know if a player's grandpa just died and he's, you know, missing this and missing that. That's the little things that I'm tapping into or I'm trying to tap into, and then I'm giving my coaches and clients. They're getting creating the culture packet, and it starts with square one in the offseason, setting those goals, and it's a step-by-step process. Oh, here were your numbers last year on your vertical jump, your broad jump, how, how much do you want to beat them by. And, you know, these, a lot of these guys, oh, I'm going to go up 50 pounds and this and that, and I have to explain to them what's realistic and what are, uh, you know, the proper goals to set. But the most things that I'm, I'm finding are the real things, which is what? Who matters the most to them? You know, what makes them tick? How are they getting to school every day? How far do they have to travel? All, who's the most, you know, all those little things that if you look back on your life, the best coaches that you had is because they asked those questions. Yeah, you knew they cared about you. I, I, what I'm sensing from you is you really haven't mentioned the physical side. You mentioned the relational. You're more of a relational mental strength coach almost. Well, if you watched us train, you wouldn't say that, right? Like, we get after, like, oh, my God. One leads to the after. other, right? <laughs> it is, but it's, it's a 50-50, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. really lights me on fire because I know. And, you know, my assistant who's sitting next to me, he played for me. And guess what? He, when he was a freshman, he was late all the time. All the time. I would go nuts on him. I would make him do wall sits nonstop. And he'd be like, oh, you know, Coach, I need give me an excuse, an excuse. Now, guess what? Four years later, he's wrestling in college. He's a, he was all state in high school. Why? Is because he changed that. And I, I would like to believe I had some impact on that. And by the time he was a junior and senior, he was never late and never missed. And that's, if you look at the grand scheme of things that we talked about behind the why that you coach, you, that's really the why. And, but you can't find those answers unless you invest time to sit and ask these questions with those kids. Yeah, I love that. Hey, Mug, let's continue on with your programs that you have. Your, tell me about your camp crusher workout and also your core crusher workout. I actually got videos. I was looking at the core crusher yesterday. Um, tell me a little bit about – give me some sp- specifics on those. I mean, those are great foundational. And I'll be – the camp crusher, to be honest, is from, one, working a ton of camps in college. And these high school kids would show up and have no idea what they're doing. But right. when I was their age, I was scared to go to camps for that exact reason. I was that 15-year-old kid like, I don't know how to run this drill. I don't know how to do this drill. So that camp crusher is specifically meant to give those kids confidence and you coaches to have those drills to give those players confidence. That's, it's a step-by-step program walking you through how to do those drills. So they could go to this camp, know exactly what to bring, and perform it with confidence. And that's our job. That's gotcha. our mission, right? Serve, serve the coaches to win the kids. Love now, it. And, and, and 
Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. I'm and sorry. The, the core crusher is your basic progression for core work, which we haven't really had, which I never had in the past. It's a 12-week program that'll take you from body weight to, uh, to weighted, and then uh, your, your stabilization, where you're doing a type of plank or lower ab type of movements that progresses you the basics. And we need to, uh, progression is not super fancy. You don't have to get super technical. You're literally either increasing load or you're going to increase time, right? At least that's what, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you. I'm sure. just telling you. Yeah, that's what you're going to be doing with that accident, with those, uh, with the core crusher program. And it should be done, core should be done every workout or should you mix it up, you know, every other day? I mean, because uh, I, I, I have a, a Alan Stein's basketball core workout we do with a ball. We do it every day. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, me. there's no, like, you're going to be doing some type of, you know, I, I don't even like to use the word activation, but you're going to be doing some type of core activation or movement in your warm-up or in your movement prep, I call it, with our elite program every day. So, that, yeah, you're going to implement the specific core crusher program that we have is a three-day-a-week program. But if you had our, our total package program, you'd notice that we're implementing some type of core exercise every day. Every day, yeah. Um, nutrition, that's underrated, right? Because how many kids eat poorly? How many adults <laughs> eat poorly? How is nutrition part of that plan? Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's so, so critical. And it's, you know, where are these high school athletes? Unfortunate, it's kind of, uh, it should go straight to the parents, right? I, unfortunately, in high school, it's so hard to have control. And that's where we're at such a huge advantage in college is we're at their, we're at their breakfast, we're at their lunch, and we're at their dinner with strength coaches, right? Right. What? Who needs to gain weight? Who needs to do this? That's why they come back and you go, whoa, what happened to him or her? So, no, they're actually on, they actually ate, right? And they actually ate what they were <laughs> supposed to eat and weren't eating junk. It's, it's hypercritical. Training, um, training in the weight, weight room training is only one-third of the puzzle. It, it really goes to your sleep habits and then your, I would say nutrition and then your sleep, that recovery process. So super critical. With our program, we give you a nutrition made easy. And we break it down for the parents, the extreme basics. It doesn't go super fancy. Why? It's because I don't believe the parents should have to be, uh, you know, nutritionists. Is meeting, if you have the money to meet with a nutritionist, that's unbelievable. Absolutely. I always recommend someone who is, you know, more advanced in a, a part of the field. I heavily lean on those people like athletic trainers and nutritionists, et cetera. And it's, you know, if you were looking at the piece of the puzzle that I was probably missing in high school, to be honest, is my, my parents had no idea or no, you know, they, they were clueless in that area and it's not their fault. It wasn't, it's just something that wasn't mentioned in, when I was growing up. Oh, no doubt. Not at all. My coaches, nobody ever mentioned it, but nowadays you've number one, right? Hydrate. I mean, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Is that, is that probably the most important thing as far as nutrition goes? I don't think, I don't think our athletes drink enough water. I, you know, nonstop, it's always going to play in a, can you hear me? Yes, yes, go ahead, Mike. Especially coming into summertime, the hydration, we're going to do everything we can, but we also have to be realistic. We know these kids aren't sleeping. We know they're staying up late. We know they're not eating right. 
So it's, it's in a way, I'm speaking of the high school level right now. Right. At the college level, you know, we, we're very fortunate. You're very fortunate. You get to take them to hotels during summer camp, and literally you're watching them like hawks. You're pounding them with electrolytes, Gatorade, salt tablets, everything in the world. At the high school level, you have to make sure that's the biggest change that has gone on, as is, is you're aware from your time and my time, is drink water periods. Now you get now Gatorade has different deals with all these different teams to make sure that they have their shakes or some type of banana. It's uh, I was even clueless coming up. I had no idea of what I needed it. You know the, the amount down and that needed to be. Uh, and if you send me a message, I I'll, I'll send you a uh, a breakdown of how much you weigh and how much you typically expend. You know uh, during a practice and during a summer camp training and how much calories you're supposed to be in. Like, is the main thing to learn. Absolutely. And that's all part of your program, right? That, that's all part of the Absolutely. total package. Yeah, that's part yeah. of the total package. And we are, we're completely aware that if you're coming to us for a program, we have to cover all aspects. And if we don't, we know someone who has it, right? Like, I can't tell you, for me to sit here, and because we have the nutrition made easy. No, we're the best because we use our researches, resources the right way. If we have a question that, you know, needs to be answered, we have multiple nutritionists that we'd reach out to and get those answers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and tell me about my last, my last part is uh, I was reading about your neck training. I had a player this year, a girl, I coach girls. She's, she's an animal. I mean, she, she'll run through a wall during a game. And every year she falls to the ground, she hits her head, and this summer, she actually had a concussion at the uh, UGA camp um, because she just plays – she plays so hard. She should be doing a neck training program, right? What do you recommend for oh, neck training for concussions? You be training neck twice a week. Manual tension, <laughs> not – like, I'm serious, too. I'm not even joking around. Um, yeah. We, we train it twice a week year-round. So in your in-season program that you train twice a week, we're doing some type of uh, shrug work with manual resistance – uh, 48 to 60 seconds and the sets and reps will throughout the year to make sure that we increase the circumference of the neck that is you know scientifically broken down proven that if you increase neck size and the, you know the size of your traps that you are going to decrease uh, concussion rate so all these soccer girls and all these female and male basketball players and soccer players football players baseball players everyone's doing neck Everyone's doing some type of manual resistance work. Don't worry about getting too muscular and jack and looking like when I was growing up, the WWE wrestler Goldberg. It's, it's part of exactly what you uh, – we, what do you love doing? They love playing. They love competing. Okay, well, we have to do neck to make sure that you're able to play and compete. Yeah, and, and God, concussions. I mean, how many you, – you have a – I mean, this is the worst scenario because, and I and I don't blame the state for doing that. The concussion protocol, you are out, and you are probably out for for about a week or so, and you're in a, you're in like a state championship run that really affects the team. So prevention's the key, right? And that's another that's another great example of right. Like I can't tell you, every, like I, I'm nonstop, and my my wife who just looked at me, I'm nonstop, um, coach mode. Like if I'm watching a movie, I'm literally thinking and writing notes down on how to, how to motivate players. And you just hit it right on the head. You don't want, you don't, you want to do neck training. 
Well, guess what? When we're, when we're in the state championship, when we hit all of our goals, when we did everything we wanted to do, you might be out for a week. Right? So right, you have to write, and that's, that's nonstop things I'm thinking about to make sure I get the athletes to do what I want them to do. Yeah, that's a great point. I guess you call it the trigger points, right? To continually motivate. Is that what you call it? I mean, I love, what, I love how you utilize just, those. Yeah, it's, it's more of trying to reframe the athlete because we reframe. shoot. Okay. Like, it is so – there's so many small fires. Like, me and you, this is our, like, fifth time on this call, right? If I, <laughs> it, it's hung up and reset five times on different sure. wireless this and that. If you're not used to overcoming little things and small adversities and getting these athletes into reframing to bring it on, this is who we are. This is the way that we do things. In this weight room, no one's better than us. No one. But it has to be real now. These players and these coaches, you, yourself, they could smell a poser and a fake from a mile away. Or some guy, like, trust me, I, I, I'm very loud, and I guess you could call me a yeller, but in the, the, the intent behind it is – to uh, I, the intent behind it is to win their heart. That the, the whole process that I met with you or we discussed the, during those individual meetings, and I want them to be the best businessmen. And they look, I always say now, eyes up or eyes up, and they have to clap, right? And my reference point there is, guys, I want you to go to a business meeting and look the interviewer guy in the eye. So they have to clap. You have to look me in the eye. And here's we had a transfer in last week. Guess what? When I was speaking, guess who didn't have their eyes up? Because I didn't earn his respect yet. And guess what I did? I stopped the whole group and I explained exactly that to that player in front of the whole group. I, I go, I love this. I love this. Why? It's because he doesn't know our standard yet. But, but I didn't earn your respect yet. I didn't put in that work. I don't know about who's the most impactful person in your life. I don't know how you're traveling to get here. I don't know what your goals are. But Guess what? You keep coming. I'll earn that respect. And then you'll be looking me in the eye. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I love how you're teaching life skills. I think us coaches, that, if you got one thing out of listening to you, you're definitely the skills you're teaching. And this is the example you mentioned can apply for now and later, can it? And that's the and But and that goes to the fact of why these kids always give me more than I give them. And I'll give you that, that example is because I know right now in my life, Finally, as a father, as a son, and now as a father, husband, coach, I'm finally, my, my, sharp, my, my iron's getting sharp now. And I'm, I have to push myself to make sure that I'm the man that could stand in front of them and preach these qualities and things. A lot of the time, I'm telling you, when I was under 30, that wasn't me yet. I wasn't ready for that before I met my wife, before I did the, you know what I mean? And that's just part of evolving and why I'm so you know, blessed to be a coach. Yeah, I mean, you've been chopping wood, right, man? You've been chopping wood. Not, yeah, right. nonstop. Getting, getting sharp, man. And I, I tell you what, I, every day, like I said, I, I, try, I pride myself on training every day. And every day I'm seeking strain um, so I could stand in front of these coaches, so I could get on this podcast. So when you see me warm someone up, you're like, dude, that guy's on fire. Yeah. He's like that every day. Love it. Hey, coach, I know you got to go. I know you're a busy guy. And I tell you, I love your toughness, man, handling all those breakups and everything during the podcast. I love it. Uh, and I appreciate you taking the time out. Hey, give us coaches one last piece of advice we can take home and utilize in our program. I mean, it's earned the title. It, it's literally, look, what do you, you know, what do you really want to accomplish through coaching and what makes you feel? 
you know, what makes me feel is if I was standing in a weight room or on the sidelines and my, you know, my son, my wife and my players looked at me and they were like, that's my coach. That's my coach. And that's why every day, you know, I try to set up, I have reference points all or reframing points all over my house to motivate me. Like underneath my shoe right now says second place, right? And the only reason it's there for, well, because we, we won, we lost the state championship, and I have to use that as motivation to bring the fire to those kids every day. But in the grand scheme of things, it's earn the freaking title. How hard can I go? How, how, how hard can I push so I earn that respect and I'm true to that title for my son, for my wife, and for my players, man? I think that's, that's the main key. I love it. Coach, can you tell me how could if I, if I or any other coach wanted to get your materials, your resources, how can we do it? And then how can they contact you for further questions? Sure. It's uh, 180athletics.com. Uh, if I had to rename the, uh, the, the, uh, our, our business, I probably would to be more friendly to search on the uh, search engine <laughs> because it is O-N-E, then straight into I-G-H-T-Y, athletics, one word, 180athletics. Dot com. You can search me on there. Um, we, you know, we got a lot of followers on Facebook. We got like what 70,000 on Instagram. We got about 17,000 and every day I'm, I'm trying to bring the heat, man. Just the question you just asked, trust me, I'm getting, you know, coach, I bet he doesn't bring, I, I bet he doesn't talk like that every day. And I go, <laughs> Hey, click that. I go click that follow button and let me earn your respect. That's what I say. Click that follow button. Yeah, that's great. Man, thanks for bringing it to the podcast, Mike. I appreciate it. And, uh, I wish you the best and, uh, you know, I'll get this information out to all my listeners, this podcast. And I, I know you're going to get a lot of followers now, a lot of people contacting you. And the main thing I want you to know, please let me know how I could help you. That's always the thing I find. What it goes around comes around in life. And the reason we have such a successful business is because we look to serve first. So please let me know how, how I can help. I'll send you that in-season program you asked for. Uh, and then we'll go from there, brother. All right. I appreciate that'd, that'd it. Hey, coach. Thank you so much, man. I wish you the best. Continue your great journey, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you. Take care. Coaches, I got an exciting announcement on September 14, 2019. The Legends on the Lake Basketball Coaching Clinic will be back. Um, we're really excited to host a great clinic this year. Uh, we will have the top coaches in the state of Georgia and around the country uh, attend our 2019 clinic here at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. The clinic will go from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. We, we feel like we are the most unique coaches clinic in the country and that we will have a live demonstration team from Middle Georgia Prep School demonstrating all the on-court activities for the speakers. In addition, we'll have the best high school coaches from states like Georgia, Wisconsin, Alabama, Tennessee, Missouri, and New Jersey. We have speakers starting at 8 a.m., and we will have our last speaker at 3.45 p.m. We provide the coaches with a meal, snacks, shirt, everything they need in our beautiful new facility here at Lake Oconee Academy. You cannot go wrong. If you're interested in signing up for this clinic, I will give you a special deal. Please put <clears throat> a special code <clears throat> of legends. Then you email me at furtadok57 at gmail.com. I will give you a special discount if you come to our clinic. And also, I'll provide you any hotels 
that are close by the school. We're right off of I-20 here in Greensboro, Georgia. Looking forward to seeing all you coaches. Take care.